You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, my body is literally still uh, tingling from what we all witnessed on Saturday night. Uh, a pretty darn good game uh, that came down to a last second play that I don't think any of us, uh, Ryan McDonough, Ryan Pollock, and any of the people in attendance, either on the teams or in the stands, will will forget. Uh, that was something very, very special that we all witnessed and uh, made the Islanders even in the series with the Lightning going into Game 5 in Tampa on Monday. Yeah, it, I was sitting in 231, so I'm on the opposite side of the rink. Um, and... You know, I, I was there with my buddy Kenny. Uh, he was sitting in seat one on the aisle. I was seat two, and then a uh, guy uh, who I, I never got his name or anything. You know, just one of those Islander, you know, strangers that. Well, there's no strangers at Nassau Coliseum, right? <laughs> the person sitting next to you, especially in the playoffs, is going through the same thing you are. Um, and when we saw McDonough kind of twirl his way away from Varlamov and have that empty net, I kind of just fell. You'd think I would fall into my friend's shoulder. I mean, I've known Kenny for for years. We went to high school together, so you know, me sobbing or just clutching his shoulders would, wouldn't have been weird at all. Like, you know, <laughs> we've exchanged plenty of emotional moments together and uh, plenty of hugs together. And instead I, I turned to my left and I just, my, my head just landed on this guy's shoulder and his head landed on mine. And we just kind of closed our eyes because <laughs> we couldn't really make sense of what happened. And I don't know if people picked up on this, but I don't think the person working the, the horn or like the timer did either. 
because there's like a two second gap between the time running out and the Islanders like final, you know, mm. we won Foghorn. And so I just was sitting there just holding this guy and he was holding me. And finally the horn started going off and none of us, we didn't move either. Like we just kept <laughs> kind of embracing because it took so long to process what had happened. Um, it was just so I mean, there were so so many moments about that game that felt felt inevitable from when the Lightning cut it to 3-1. You're like, okay, they're going to get two more. And then when, especially when they cut it to 3-2, that Kucherov shot from the slot that Bartlamov saved. Um, and then obviously that one with uh, McDonough. It just felt inevitable. This game's going to go to overtime. The Islanders are going to lose. But then all of a sudden, yeah, there's just a mo- another you know moment of Islanders magic. Um, happens and i mean that stuff just doesn't happen to this team in my life <laughs> you know like that stuff that is uh you know one that i'll never forget um at all and you know i've watched it god 500 times since then and <laughs> each time you just look and you're just like this is going in this is going in and you know even leaving the arena last night like jubilation sure but like people were more um you know i don't know in in awe than anything that mm. that that puck didn't go in um and yeah i mean it's it's so funny how prescient barry trotz has seemed throughout his tenure as an islander it just seems like when he speaks something like it becomes like he almost speaks it into existence and uh he keeps saying the word moments in this run this journey uh so far and the you know you, you don't think it was gonna you didn't think it was gonna get bigger than maybe the sorokin stealing game five in pittsburgh or then the game the, the three minute span in game six against pittsburgh or the casey sezikis overtime goal against boston and, and it's just so weird that each one of these moments keeps getting sweeter and better and more magical than the one that kind of precedes it um and i think you were the one who tweeted it out and i thought it was perfectly put right it it takes something really special to happen for the end of the game mob to, you know, everyone skating over to a defenseman instead of the goalie. Um, And just that group of players, you know, leaned up against the the end boards against the Islanders net at the end, just like all the fans and in the building just couldn't, I don't think anyone really processed what just happened. Um, And neither did Ryan McDonough. And you know what? (laughs) Fuck Ryan McDonough. He's he's ruined our life a lot over the years. So like the fact that it was that guy, I mean, and and he's a good player and whatever, but like, you know, he's, he's been a good player for teams that I hate and Mm. uh, to see him skate off the ice, you know, kind of looking to the rafters. um, It just felt good. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of confusion in the moment watching it at home. You'd, you'd think that by having the, the play-by-play guys in your ear, you, you would make a lot more sense. But, you know, this whole thing happened, and, and the whole thing takes place in the span of four seconds, you know, which is not a lot of time. And so you've got McDonough getting the puck, uh, him spinning, kind of leaving Brock Nelson, poor Brock Nelson in the dust. You've got Varlamov coming way too far out of his net. We'll talk about that in, in, in a minute uh, to, to, I guess, be aggressive, which is fine. But, like, McDonough held on to it. And you have him kind of flinging the shot, and it was on target, like it was going into the net. And then you've got Pollock kind of swooping in, and I mean, I think all of us probably now. I mean, I've we've all watched it five hundred times now, so you're not you're not alone in doing that. But I think we can all probably mimic that that stance, like he's on the one knee 
with his hand kind of open and kind of gently gliding the puck to safety as if it was a baby chick that it was like, you know, on its way towards some kind of like thing that's going to smash it. You know, he's kind of like gently gliding the thing off to the side and, uh, and it just happened so quickly. And then, like you said, like there was a couple seconds too that, and then the horn went off. And if you watch the replay, um, you know, Kenny Albert is, is doing the you know, kind of the play by play and Eddie Olchek just goes, Oh, <laughs> it was a very strange <laughs> noise coming out of Eddie O at yeah. that time. I guess it's the sound he makes when his horse crosses the finish line. It, at- it, it, it reminded me there's a moment and, and I'm going to be the only one who knows about this moment probably, <laughs> but there was uh, an epic darts match during the world darts championship. And uh, this shot that would have won it on a bullseye, one of the biggest upsets ever, just like hit the rail of the, the bullseye mm. and i've never heard and it, it's so weird that uh, the way that eddie o called it it was basically <laughs> the color guy and the play-by-play guy because you have to have both in darts obviously <laughs> both made the same noise like whoa mm. and they were just and it reminded me of it because it's just you know at that point you just lose yourself like eddie yeah. o completely lost himself yeah. and just was gone went guttural and-, and even even afterwards he and boucher were like seriously like they were all kind of like I mean, we were wired, you were wired at, at the arena and they were wired. Like they were just, Boucher was just going a mile a minute, like talking about all this stuff that happened in that one second. And, you know, and like I, like you said, I, I mean, I had to tweet that out because I'd never seen that before. Pollock does his thing. He kind of puts himself up against the boards and like raises his hand and everybody mobs him, including Farlamov. Like <laughs> Farlamov was like the fourth <laughs> or fifth guy into the pile. Normally he's the first guy that like these things have a rhythm, you know, they, they all come to mob him and everybody does the head taps or whatever. But no, he was just one of the guys today, you know, despite making 30 saves of his own. So um, it was it was a pretty special moment. And I know, you know, people keep kind of saying, well, you know, if the, if the Islanders go on or they do all this, it's a special moment regardless of what happened like that, you know, and and so special that it transcended just hockey people like obviously we're all following a lot of hockey people on social media and they're all you know they're all watching the one game and they all tweet about the one thing like you saw other you know outside of hockey thing people talking about this and the fact of the matter the fact that there was a game seven in the nba playoffs the nets and condolences to our nets fans friends like our good friend travis riley the biggest nets fan i know probably you know too uh you know they lost that game so like everybody was kind of watching this crazy game that was in overtime and kind of taking a pause and being like holy cow you got to see what just happened now and so that kind of like transcended sport in a way that again the islanders simply never do unless it's something bad this is something that was good you know yeah it's weird it's going to be weird to you know it's weird to see people talk about like play like that or tweet out a video of it and being like oh that guy's wearing an islanders jersey to make that play yeah it is (laughs) it's that that stuff doesn't get lost on me um it i i mean it's so it's still so hard just to to like put into words the just the stakes of that play right like yeah it wasn't it wasn't a you know it wasn't a play in like the middle of the second period. Cause even if he did that, like, yeah, he'd, mm. he'd be a right. hero. Then it like, would be like a lot of qualifiers. Like, right, well, you know, right, went on yeah. to win the game. So it's like that, but yeah, yeah, this was a, this was, you know, like just, yeah. Walk off grand slam. It was like almost <laughs> like the, when Rajah Davis for the Indians hit that home run. And mm. like when they're playing the Cubs, they ended up losing that game, I think, but, but like, you know, like that's the thing. Like, it's right. like it, the stakes were the moment matched the stakes. Um, and maybe, you know, surpassed the stakes, mm. uh, which is just crazy. It, and especially because it was a, it's a play that, I mean, you just never see just the way he was. Yeah. Like his posture, 
his, to have the wherewithal to not cover the puck and mm. pull like the what uh, who was it in the Bruins series, uh, Penguin series, Brian Russ when he like caught the puck and threw it. Yeah, uh, like that's you know because in my head, uh, you know, at that point you're you're just trying to keep that puck out at, at all costs, and mm. and I wouldn't have blamed Polak for you know sure. taking a blowtorch out and, and well, setting it on thing- fire. The funny thing was, and Trotz mentioned this too in his post game, was that it's sort of Pollock's fault that that play happened in the first place because he never got the puck out. He was supposed, <laughs> he was supposed to get it off the wall, and he didn't. And so he was like, you know, had he not saved his own mistake, we would have been talking about Pulley in a different context. So, he, and, <laughs> I mean, the, the the crazy thing about that whole last sequence. So you know, we that the last five minutes of that game, the Islanders really asserted themselves in the way yes. that they've been doing in these playoffs when they have the lead. Um, that it started with that the dominance started with a shift from the fourth line. Uh, they kept the puck in deep for a while. Then Zajac line. It, it was something we've seen before in these playoffs. It felt amazing. Uh, they draw a penalty late. Once again, we've seen that before in those situations. I thought the uh, game was over right at that moment when uh, they when they got the power play. They, I was and when they started playing four corners. Yes. <laughs> and then when there was one play with like twenty seconds left, the Islanders chipped the puck out. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it was Nelson. I don't know who it was. And I think it was Mikhail Sergachev was kind of um, just curling in his own zone. And I, and now that I've watched this thing over and over, I've you know watched that kind of sequence. And I remember being in the Coliseum, looking up and seeing like 16 seconds left. And in my head, I was able to process like, oh, if this was the Islanders, I know this game's over. Like, because mm. I, I, like, you got to think like that. Like, there's no, there's a very, very small chance of Lightning going to come back now. Um, so that's what I told myself. I was like, oh, you know, if this was the Islanders, I'd probably be looking down and like getting ready to head to the exit. And um, yeah, like you said, like Polak isn't able to do it uh, to get the puck out. And uh, it, it, it's such a strange phenomenon where when time stands still for not just you mm-hmm. and not just everyone in the building, but everyone watching at home and also all the players, like everyone's heart just sank when that, yeah. when, when they saw Varla- where, where Simeon Varlama was going, I have no idea. <laughs> where, where, like, where Brock Nelson was going, got no idea. Yeah, but where Ryan McDonough was going, we all knew. Like, mm. we, I was, we all knew where that puck was going. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of sprinkle of magic on this team still. And, uh, yeah, you just you, it was a, a gasp. Time stood still. Um, you, it took a second. Um, in in my car after the game, like in the parking lot, I just sat there for a little bit and, um. Yeah, I, I sat in the Coliseum for as long as I could until the the security guard, very kindly, by the way, says, you know, she's like, "I know it was a crazy game, and that was wild, um, but uh, you know, I got to. We have to leave. go home now. Yeah, I got to <laughs> ask you to leave. I mean, my friend was like, "Sorry, like this is very, very heavy." Um, mm-hmm. And then we leave, um, and I'm just sitting in uh, my car, and I, I was just still trying to process what happened. Obviously, I've seen like clips on, on Twitter at that point and stuff, and uh, every, every, but everybody was like, that was. It. like it was just like no there was nobody who was leaving that building that could fully grasp what just happened mm-hmm. and it still isn't like i said it when pa- david pasternak hit that post uh in the empty net like i'm mm. still waiting for that puck to go in and i'm still <laughs> going to be waiting for this one to go into uh for for a couple of days um and the fact that it isn't like is just an incredible incredible feeling yeah um, let, let's back up uh, a few minutes, uh, before we, we talk more about this game and talk about, uh, games two and three, and I'm going to lump them together, uh, because they were both losses for the Islanders, but they were both very different games. And they did also contain a bit of what kind of, you know, makes the lightning so dangerous and so, so, uh, special in their own way. And we saw that again in game four, 
So game two was a 4-2 loss uh, to the Lightning. Um, you know, the Islanders had secured game one. So I'll be honest, like, I kind of expected them to lose game two. Like, I didn't think, not that I thought they were going to come out and suck or anything, and they didn't. But I, I was like, hey, you got the split. Like, that's what you want. And that they took it from them. Um, but still, I think that game was a lot closer than the score indicated. The Islanders were only down 2-1 uh, going into the third, and they hadn't played well. I mean, the Lightning controlled that game for the most part, they are at the entire game. Like uh, there's no, there's no way around that. But again, you know, we've seen the Islanders concede a lot of shots in zone time and still come out with wins. So when they were going into the third down two one, you thought, all right, well they could, they can do this. And then they gave up two goals in a couple of minutes. And uh, that was pretty much that Barzell had a, a nice goal later to make it four, two, but uh, that was it. It was a lot of chippiness and it just got annoying after a while. Like it wasn't going anywhere. Pat Maroon, is incredibly annoying. He's like, you know, he's kind of one of these Tom Wilson types. He likes to start shit when they're winning and, you know, when they're losing, he's invisible, you know? And so he's starting like, you know, push guys around after whistles and, you know, he wants to fight Matt Martin. I don't know why you would want to fight Matt Martin, what you're going to get out of it, but it got annoying after a while. But in any event, again, I couldn't be too mad about it. You knew the Lightning was going to take one of those two games and the Islanders had already taken one, so I wasn't too bad. Game three, though, at the Coliseum was irritating for a different reason, because I thought the Islanders played very well in that game, and they had a lot of underlying numbers that kind of bared that out. They started out pretty well, um, but uh, Yanni Gord scored first. Um, eventually, uh, Cal Clutterbuck tied it, although really it was defenseman for Tampa Bay, Eric Chernak, who kind of knocked the puck in between his own goalie's five hole. You don't see that too often either, uh, but we'll take it. And then uh, there was a, a penalty call and, you know, people complain about the penalties a lot this, this spring. That was a pretty soft call, particularly on, on Adam Pellick, but the Islanders killed it and Braden point scored great effort by point. I mean, you can't take anything away from him. He, he really wanted to get that goal and, and he did. And that was it. And I was surprised. Um, but the lightning really locked the Islanders down. They, they played a very Islanders like game. Islanders really didn't have much of anything in the, the third period. And the fact that the two best chances came from Leo Komarov and Andy Green, which is not a recipe for success. <laughs> um, and, and so it ended up being a 2-1 Tampa Bay win. And again, I, I thought the Islanders played well, but, you know, you don't the Lightning don't need much to to score. And we found that out again in game four, where, you know, it was, it, the Islanders played extremely well. I mean, I think they, they played 57 great minutes in that game and a three-minute stretch made it a 3-2 game. And that's all they needed, really. I mean, the Islanders dominated the second period. It was fantastic. I mean, they scored three goals. Uh, each one of them was great in its own way. Um, first was Bailey after Nelson kind of curled and, and found him and, and bought time and, and got him the pass. Uh, then Barzell had an open net after Clutterbuck's point shot. The fact that Cal Clutterbuck even had a point shot is pretty remarkable, but and Matt Mar- Matt Barzell swept that in. And then Matt Martin scored on a great backhand pass, eventful shift for him. He took a puck in the chest. He got knocked down. He got back up. He kept the puck alive and ended up scoring a goal uh, as his brother-in-law was getting married <laughs> and his wife was dancing with a cardboard cutout of him at the reception. It was all very cute. Uh, I get very excited when Matt Martin scores, I think, more than any other Islander because it's just so rare. And I just love seeing him score because it just it gets the other team so mad. It's so much fun. And you thought, oh, this is going to be great. But, you know, I don't think anybody thought that the Islanders were just going to kind of run away with it. And sure enough, in a three minute span in the third period, the Lightning made a three two. Uh, you know, points shot. Great shot. You know, maybe Varlamov should have had it. I don't know if he was screened or hit off somebody, but that was unfortunate. 
And then a nice goal by um, Tyler Johnson uh, gets in there, uh, you know, shakes somebody off and, and scores. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's all they need. And that's, I think, what's so scary going into game five that it took, you know, all they needed was three minutes uh, to get back in the game. And it took a super heroic uh, block by a defenseman in the crease <laughs> to to walk out with a win. But really that kind of obscures the fact that the Islanders played great for 57 minutes. I mean, there, there have been, they have just as much right to be here tied going into game five as anybody. They played great in game one and everybody's like, Ooh, the lightning didn't show up. Okay, fine. They didn't show up. The Islanders still played great. Um, they had their moments in game two, but it was mostly the lightning game three. They were great. And the Island and the, the lightning just kept them the outside and, did to them what the Islanders do to everybody else. And then game four was pretty much all Islanders, except for that one three-minute stretch and then the four seconds at the end of the third period. So going into game five is going to be a very uh, tense uh, you know, couple of hours. We don't know what's going to be happening, how the Islanders will respond to, to Pulick's heroics, how the Lightning will respond to Pulick's heroics. But it shouldn't surprise anybody that after the game, Ryan Pulick is talking in his post-game thing, and his answer was, uh, I'm just glad we got the win. It's like, dude, really? That's what you have to say? You're just glad we got the win? Are you you and us, your mind? You, you and us both, Brian. Yeah. Did you watch yourself? Did you, have they shown him the video of what he just did? I thought that was the funniest thing ever. He was like, yeah, yeah you know, I was just happy to get the opportunity. And I'm glad we got the win. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, remember, remember a couple of years ago when they made those, uh, like, uh, you know, what if, I mean, a couple of years ago, we're talking like 15 years ago. Uh, when we're still on OLN, like the the Stanley Cup playoff uh, commercials, like the montages oh, yeah. with the black and white. Oh, those were great. Yeah. yeah. Ah, God, one one of that play would be great uh, <laughs> if this thing keeps going the way it's going. Hmm. But I think, um, you know, you, you, you nailed it, right? Like this, I think 2-2 two, two, uh, is a fair series scoreline right now. Um I think it was it was like like I said like it was inevitable. Uh, there's been a lot of like inevitable things in this <laughs> series. I think it was inevitable that it was going to be a split in the first two games. Uh, a lot of people, uh, especially at, at my job, thought it was inevitable that they would split um, the games at the Coliseum. I <laughs> after game three, I did not believe that. I was <laughs> very nervous. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, two two uh, is definitely a, a fair scoreline. Um, I thought. As well as the Islanders played um, you know, overall, I think in game three, you, you do tip your cap to the lightning for the way that they basically, yeah, like you said, they um, out Islanders, the Islanders, they, they played a very clinical game. They blocked about 5,000 shots and <laughs> um, took the crowd out of it too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about game one, the crowd at Amelie arena didn't really sound um, up to playoff standards, I guess. And, Whatever, and I, and I think you could say the same thing about the Wednesday night, or I'm sorry, the game was that Wednesday Thursday night crowd at the Coliseum. They tried, but yeah, it, exactly, it's hard just the when, game. Yeah. yeah, the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like the game, just like that game one, where mm, the way the Islanders right. played, it's hard to get behind a team, no matter how big it is. Uh, mm. The game is when that kind of game unfolds the way it does, um, and you know, it's just uh, it felt if it just was a you know they snuffed the Islanders' flame pretty pretty good i thought and like you said it wasn't like the islanders played bad it's just the the you know a couple bad bounces and uh the lightning playing terrific defense and uh that really was what made me nervous about game four but 
the Islanders were really good again um, in game four. Like I think Barry Trout said they had like, you know, seven minutes of uh, where they weren't. And mm. those seven minutes happened to be the first seven minutes of the third period of three, nothing. And all of a sudden it's three, two. And, and, and it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, I said this, I saw my buddy Joe at the intermission and I said, um, you know, we, they were up three, nothing. And I said, yeah, it feels good. It feels a lot better than two, nothing, but, I'm still, it still feels like one, nothing. It really yeah. does against this team. Cause you know that if they get one early, they're going to get two early. Um, and at that point, Jesus Christ, like mm. you're, you're uh, the guy, same guy next to me. And when we looked up, we're like, I felt, we felt like there was 12 minutes left in that game forever. Like it just, mm. it, it, the clock just was not ticking um, fast enough. And, uh, but they, you know, another great timeout by Barry Trotz uh, that calmed everything mm. down. And, um, you know, the, the the game all of a sudden became very manageable uh, for, after the first TV timeout of the third period. Obviously, they did the Lightning were going to get their chances, but the Islanders had chances too. I thought the, uh, you know, I thought Leo Komarov, by the way, had a great game. He had that shorthanded breakaway. Yeah, I was shorthanded saying, breakaway, and he got a shot off. Yeah, um, he got the shot off. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I really wish they. He was there. You know, he he broke it so slowly that I really wish that whoever was working the lights at the Coliseum just turned off all the lights and shined a <laughs> spotlight on him as he was skating in a Vasilevsky. Uh, Cause that was mm. what a moment that was and would have been, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought he played well. I mean, cause yeah. we, you know, Barry Trotz obviously played uh, Kyle Palmieri with uh, Matt Barzell and Eberle and, and that line looked good. And uh, I thought the, the Leo JGP and Travis Ajak line was, did played a really good, uh, you know, checking line game too. So, uh, you can't look, the Islanders are going to be underdogs. They're still underdogs in the series. They're going to be underdogs in game five. They, they've, they've been underdogs in every game of this playoff, uh, by the betting market. Like I think the closest they got was game to being favored was I think game three against Pittsburgh at home. They were very close to maybe a pick them, but mm-hmm. other than that, they've been the underdog in every game of this mm-hmm. postseason, And that's not going to change against this team. Uh, but they've shown that they're they they're able to turn these games into coin flips, and uh, then it comes down to you know who who gets the bounce, who gets the moment of magic from a player, who gets Ryan Pollock pulling <laughs> off one of the greatest saves of all time. Like who it's it's that's what's going to come down to. It's just like those kind of things, and it's what makes uh, you know the playoffs uh, incredibly horrifying. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not, in a way, yeah. yeah. And it's that you're just literally sitting there and just waiting for you know, that big moment, um, whether it comes on for you or against you. And uh, I guess that's kind of how I, uh, you know, envision the rest of the series going. You know, you, you never know that, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow's game could just be a, a blowout either direction or something. Mm. But it just doesn't feel, it feels like these two teams are, but there's, there's, this is a battle. And um, it's, it's, I'm just guessing that, you know, it'll probably be pretty tight still. Um, but yeah, the Islanders, belong in this series they've been they they were told they really didn't belong in the last series against the Bruins they were pretty much told more respectfully this time that they didn't really Mm. belong in this series against the Lightning um but they do and it's uh yeah best of three so giddy up despite the uh despite the daily uh pro clutching of certain beat writers from Pittsburgh or Boston uh about the Islanders style and how they got here and what they're what they're living on as a team, uh, they deserve to be here. So <laughs> let's let's not forget that. Uh, 
that last four seconds was a roller coaster of epic proportions. All all squeezed into four seconds of real time, and it, like you said, it felt like it you know lasted forever. Um, and this whole this whole playoff has been a roller coaster. Obviously, you know they win a huge game one in Pittsburgh, they lose a big one in game two, they lose even bigger in game three, they play fantastic in game four, they are completely you know, uh, whatever overmatched in game five, but they still win in overtime because the goalie hands a puck away. Like this whole thing has been just one, the games have roller coaster moments within them. And then the series have roller coaster moments across the, you know, however many games. And, uh, that was, that was probably the biggest one that last four seconds, uh, again, of Pollock just swooping in to steal what would have been a short goal. I'd love to hear Valamov explain, what he was trying to do there. But I guess in the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He was just as out of position. I mean, Nelson kind of give him a break. I mean, you know, he's trying to do the best he can, but, uh, but yeah, that was, it was pretty crazy. And I, I don't know. I it's, it's, we're laughing now how like understated Ryan Pollock's reaction was, but I, I wouldn't expect anything less from him. And maybe we'll get him to, to smile at some point later on. Matt, at least Matt Barzell called it miraculous. So, so, <laughs> so somebody understands uh, what's going on. And he's been great too. This whole series Barzell too. Mm. I feel like, um, you know, he, he's really found it took him a long time, but he's finally figured out. Uh, I tweeted this out before, but uh, so it's Father's Day today. Every Father's Day, my wife, my daughter and I would go to Sonic because there's only like one or two here in Jersey and they're kind of far away and they only serve fried food. So we try to do it like maybe once or twice a year. And it's always Father's Day because I asked for it. And so uh, we pull into the Sonic uh, here. I forget where it, it is in Jersey. And the first thing I see a dad has two sons and the two sons are each wearing Barzell shirts one's got the t-shirt on and the other's got like the third jersey on and i was like it's wow. a sign it's a but it's islanders mania it's, it's running wild all over the place it's great america's team america's yeah, team they, right they pretty much are right now yeah. uh i i think i think you know we as you said about the 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 pearl clutching from the the beat writers that um i do wonder if you know we're, we're obviously very online and in tune with hockey twitter that um if you did step away from that and you, you, you don't let, you know, whoever is writing, covering the penguins at the athletic or <laughs> um, the maple, whoever's covering, you know, the, the maple leaves or whoever you want. Uh, if you step away from that and you do realize like, there's probably a lot of people out there that aren't, um, you know, yeah, they're not credentialed hockey writers or bloggers or whatever that are probably rooting for this team and are mm-hmm. loving it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish more, it was easier to see more of them than it is as easy to see, uh, you know, Jesse, J- Jesse Marshall or whoever's, uh, at the athletic. Uh, right. but you know, I think that is true. Like, yeah. you know, you, you might pop up in, uh, you know, Tennessee or something and <laughs> see, see somebody talk, hear someone talking about the Islanders and Ryan yeah. Pollock at the gas station today because of what happened. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, their, their platforms are a lot smaller than, uh, than uh you know writers in in pittsburgh or boston that that are really they're just they're just objective journalists they're not fanboys at all that just are constantly complaining about the teams that beat their team in the playoffs <laughs> it's very that's what that's what objective journalists do as we all know that's right. um so we talked a lot about uh ryan pullock's uh uh battle level being extremely high at the end of that game want to make a shout out to uh longtime lighthouse hockey reader and commenter jay bot who also showed great battle level by uh, renting out a movie theater to watch yesterday's game. And if that isn't the highest possible battle level that you could find, uh, I would be very, very shocked because uh, that's pretty high battle level right there. And what a game 
to watch in a movie theater. I'm sure it was great inside the, the arena. It was amazing to watch outside, but man, to watch in a movie theater is, is pretty special. So good on you, Jay. That was awesome. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and Mike is going to tell us tales of what it was like inside the arena uh, for game four, including a run-in with an Islanders Hall of Famer. Uh, and um, I don't know, that'd be something about a certain uh, late night host that uh, hopefully never shows his face at Nassau Coliseum ever again. So uh, we'll, we'll be back in a minute and uh, we'll talk about all that, that fun stuff. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They got New England Whalers. They got Long Island Ducks. They got Long Island Jaws. Yes, roller hockey. They also have the Albany Choppers. If you're up in the uh, Capital District up there or you know, Albany area and you remember the Albany Choppers, a very weird history, uh, owned for a very, very brief time by a grocery mark, supermarket chain out there, uh, you can get an Albany Chopper shirt at VintageIceHockey.com. You can also get out our Al Arbor t-shirts and our portion of the sales uh, go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. And you can co- use the code Lighthouse15, save yourself 15%, VintageIceHockey.com. Okay, uh, so we're going to have a little fun, and I'm just going to leave the floor to you because it's not every day that you go to an Islanders game and you run into John Tonelli, of all people, (laughs) and you did, and you asked him about one of the great Islanders photos of all time, the double bird (laughs) Brian Trottier photo, and so uh, I want to hear what he said because uh, I've always wondered how the hell that thing happened. Yes, I mean, so the credit actually, it goes to my buddy Kenny and his brother John, so Kenny... Um, wears a great shirt to the game, which is, uh, that, that photo, um, kind of just blown up. Remember those, those shirts that like were popular for a little while, like the cat, like the big cat faces. Mm. It's kind of like that, like, um, of that photo with, you know, Trache and given the double middles and Tonelli. Um, and before the game, he's like, you know, I kind of hope I run into Tonelli cause I want to get a picture with him. <laughs> uh, so then after the second intermission, I was actually talking to my buddy, Joe, Kenny happens to walk by me with his buddy, Will, who actually is a listener to the podcast um, and, a, and a wonderful guy. And uh, we just start walking around the concourse and uh, I look, turn around. They're gone. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to my seat. And he comes back and he's like, yo, I got it. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said, I got the Tonelli picture. And he uh, shows it to me. And it's, yeah, so it's John Tonelli with his arm or, draped around uh my buddy kenny just as you know basically as the pit photo was uh with trache and kenny uh flipping uh flipping off the camera and 
you know, it's an amazing picture, uh, one that I hope I'm able to tweet out. Uh, <laughs> I asked him, he just hasn't responded to me yet. Um, and then uh, after the game, you know, Kenny and I start walking around the arena afterwards. Like I said, still processing what happened. We were looking for Sean Bates too. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we hadn't seen him yet on the scoreboard. Uh, and, you know, we're walking around and we do one lap. Uh, and then we do another lap back the other way and we come out and we meet up, we see his brother in the concourse. And so he latches on with us and we walk out the building. And uh, if, if you've been to the Coliseum, you you know, like there are these big, like, I don't know what they are, generators with huge flex, flexible ducts coming out of them. And I think uh, that's the, like the cooling, the sort of temporary ice plant cooling thing, isn't it? Or yeah, maybe probably. just a dehumidifier. Yeah, I mean, these are, they're monst- monstrous, right, yeah. monstrous machines. And so we're walking <laughs> up to one uh, and we take a you know left to walk around it. And who's there again, but John Tonelli with, uh, I, you know, his kids or something. And uh, he stops us and he's like, <laughs> you got to look at this guy's shirt. And he's always like, he's like, oh yeah, like thanks for taking a picture with me. And then my buddy, my buddy Kenny's brother John was like, do you got, do you remember this picture? And he's like, of course I do. And he tells us the story, which was that, um, you know, him and it was after they won a cup and hmm. they were taking a team photo, uh, and so they were just kind of, you know, the, the, he says the coliseum was empty. It was just like the guys kind of you know, getting, you know, doing like whatever press media photo that they needed to take and just kind of, uh, whatever, dawdling around. Mm. And, uh, there was nobody in there that nobody was taking the picture yet. They were just standing around and Trache noticed that there was a guy like in the, uh, uh, upper deck or like the catwalk, can't remember what he said, uh, snapping pictures uh, already. So he just sees them from, from afar <laughs> I just flips him off. Uh, and that, that was it. <laughs> it wasn't like a, a stage thing. And that was it. Uh, and that's how that picture ca- came to be. Um, but he was just so happy to talk about it and uh, stop us and to tell us the whole thing. And it just the fact that he took that picture too. I mean, it just, there's like, that picture really sums up like the, I think the Islanders ethos a lot, pretty well. Like there's, <laughs> there's a, um, you know, sure. There's like a, arrogance to it or whatever you want to call it but they this was a team that just wants four stanley cups and if they want to flip you off because they're better than you then whatever <laughs> and i think that's you know some 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 kind of uh you know we've we've we still feel that way uh as a fan base a little bit like it's it's just like you know if you don't like us for for that kind of attitude then screw you like whatever like it's just you know to those who who know like those who don't don't matter kind of thing and um that's that's why it's a beautiful picture and it's like perfect mm. for this franchise and this fan base to to kind of use as like a a flag or something and i and weirdly there was someone parked a couple uh spots down from where uh we were tailgating with that f- that picture blown up for as a flag uh too and i was like <laughs> that i've never seen either um, but yeah it was it was great it was so yeah. uh and and I, I just love like that you know tonelli has has come back to be like embrace and he's like a great uh kind of crowd rallier you know he's he's he's, it's it's that's awesome uh and and you could tell like he's he just seems so happy about it Mm. um but yeah i mean it was a pretty that's pretty pretty hilarious uh moment well i guess that guy walking around was the great bruce bennett who of course is still at the islanders games if you ever see that that telltale shock of white hair uh around the uh the boards that's the man himself and he's taken some of the greatest 
uh, hockey pictures of all time at the Coliseum and elsewhere. And I guess he was just, yeah, probably just walking around just before the shoots happened and, and Tridier just flipped him off and, and he took the picture. My, I, but it's funny too, because like, so Tridier is doing the flipping, but like the look on Tonelli's face is great too. And it, and it goes with exactly that ethos that you're talking about. That's sort of like, what are you looking at? Like, he's got that look on his face, like, you know, the, the Travis Bilkill, you talking to me, like, you know, and so that, that picture, you know, more so along the lines of, um, yeah. maybe even more so than the, the, you know, Bob Nystrom or the, the bossy with the fire stick. Like, you know, these are like the, the legendary pictures of Islanders fandom, but I think the, it's, the middle I finger one is yeah. you're right. Like it's Tonelli, Tonelli, like Tonelli's buddy is flipping you off and he's yeah. like, yeah, if you, if you have a problem with it, you're yeah. going to have to deal with me. And that, that's like, <laughs> I feel like that's what the, you know, like I said, the, the Islanders ethos, like, yeah, we might yeah. have somebody we know that like will run their mouth or whatever, but you know, at some point, yeah. uh, if, if you're going to start something with them, then mm. you're going to have to deal with this, the rest of us. Right. Well, the thing about Islanders fans too is that there's always a bit of George Costanza in there. And if you ever like, if you watch a lot of Seinfeld, you notice that like George is always the first person to to tear down himself, you know, as as his being this loser and everything. But as soon as somebody else calls him a loser, he flies off the handle. Like you can't do that. <laughs> you know, only I'm allowed to do that. And so, you know, Islanders fans have this thing where like we can criticize a team and we can go whole hog on just you know how awful everything has always been and how you know nothing ever works out for them. But the minute somebody else does it. <laughs> We give him the double middle finger, you know, Brian Trottier stance. So it's great. It's very <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. Um, and so like there was a couple of other happenings. This has been like uh, we talked a few weeks ago. We called it a, like an episode of the love boat, like all these, you know, familiar faces of, of yesteryear were out and that has continued. Whoever's booking these folks over at the Islanders really deserves a raise because they've gotten a lot of people that the jets were back out there again, uh, Dan Feeney and um, uh the the Greg Van Roten, who you went to high school with, I found out, uh, who is an actual Islanders fan, called out Dan Feeney for being a, a Blackhawks fan. We won't hold that against him, though. Um, they were back out there. Um, very weird uh, sighting from the sports world. Uh, Cavaliers forward Kevin Love was there <laughs> with his girlfriend, Kate Bach, who was in Sports Illustrated, Swimsuit Issue, and lots of other things. I, I, okay, I guess. Sure. Kevin Love wants to watch a hockey game. That's awesome, I guess. Whatever. Uh, and uh, and you were saying that uh, Matt LaFleur, the, the, the yeah. Packers head coach, was there? And, and, <laughs> okay. I, and I, I wonder if it, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I saw it. But like mm. because there was there was literally no reaction from the crowd. Mm. Um, I really wonder if anyone else even noticed. So hopefully some people who are listening can tell me I'm not crazy. But yeah, <laughs> it was Matt LaFleur. And um it was in the third period too. Like that yeah. was, that was a, it was like an intense moment. Um, mm. And it was basically, I think that there was a, a offensive zone draw for the Islanders. I mm. just checked to see how much time was left. And, <laughs> it was, and it's just like, I, 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 I maybe it's hypocritical because I loved when, you know, back in the day when random people would show up, like I, I still got a kick out of like the pictures of Colin Powell with like Charles yeah. Wong and when Hideki Matsui was at a game and whatever. Mm. Um, but there's a difference between like that where it's like, uh, you know, once it's, it's not, it doesn't seem as forced. Like, it's just like, uh, yeah, he's Colin Powell's here for a game. It's, it's, <laughs> they're playing the, they're playing the Kings. It's in November. Hideki Matsui is here be, for whatever, for a game. Um, but like when you're like parading people out, it's a little different. Mm. <laughs> it, it's getting like, it's like a little cringy too. Cause if you even look at their Instagram account, when they post these pictures of whoever they're like oh thanks to this influencer for coming to the game and everyone's just like who and like i don't really care and and we talked about that right like 
if you showed Kevin Love and Kate Bach, if if you showed them, uh, and then right after that you showed uh, Adrian O'Coin, like mm. they. Oh, I yeah. mean, Nikolai Kuhlman was at the game yesterday. He, yeah. he got a rousing ovation, like a rousing <laughs> ovation. And like, then uh, of course, like, you know, Kevin Love and uh, Kate Bach and Matt LaFleur didn't get any, you wouldn't know what was going on. Like it was like, they showed any other fan in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this kind of goes back to game three with, which the you knew it was, like I said, inevitability. There were some inevitabilities in the series. And one of them was that when the camera, showed that jimmy fallon was at the game yeah. waving an orange islanders towel around that the islanders were kind of doomed like it was <laughs> like you're not you're not gonna come back from that like that's really bad uh karma and, and it's like i know it's like like i'm not naive like if if jimmy fallon's handlers email the islanders yeah, and say I, i'm hey, assuming this is gonna be for a bit on the show that hasn't aired yet right like i don't know i have no <laughs> idea but like hey man just if you want to do that, fine. Like come, come to a game against the Capitals in February and we can set it up. Uh, but uh, like, it's uh, it just, I get it. Like I get like what's going on with that kind of stuff. Like even with his Kevin Love or Midge Maisel or uh, the people from there was, yeah, a that was weird too. Peloton that was there and bachelorette or whatever. Like I get it. Like these people, there's a job out there for that. These people like, Hey, can this person come to the game? And the Islanders aren't going to say no, uh, of course. Um, mm. But that's, you know, we saw like a little bit of that with, Bar- especially in the beginning with Barclays. Um, mm. Yeah, and you don't, you just don't want them to go down that path again, because they're having some success. They're going to this new building, and they're trying to like brand themselves with this defend New York thing. Like they're playing, they show the Empire State Building every second mm. they can. They they play a lot of like New York City uh, iconic New York City music now. Like I get, like I I understand what they're trying to do, but like it's a, there is a fine line with Islander fans. Like we're not like. We're not that. We're not like the influencer yeah. crowd. Like that's the garden for sure. There's much more into that uh, than we are, um, and we kind of make fun of Ranger fans for it. Uh, and I was, you know, I was saying to my buddy, like, there's a difference between a, a sellout crowd and like a crowd that has sold out. And like, <laughs> I think the crowd that's ha- the garden is a crowd that's sold out because it's going to be a sellout crowd. But a lot of those tickets are going to be going to Liv Schreiber and Tom Hanks <laughs> and those those kind of folks. Whereas, you know, at the Coliseum. Yeah, like mm. I'm telling you, Kevin Love could have walked around the concourse right. at the Coliseum, and uh, you know, you and you and I could, and we probably would stop the exact same time, the amount of times mm. as Kevin Love, because you know that's just Islander fans. Like it's a yeah. much more of a, um, and I'm not saying that because of podcast. I'm just saying like you're going to see more people you know because yeah. it's there's no like I said there's no strangers at the Coliseum. It's like a reunion every time you walk in there, um, and you just don't want to go down that road with this fan base because it's yeah. like we can s- sniff out a oh yeah bandwagoner in two seconds and somebody's I mean, just trying to jump on that's almost the whole thing well one of the whole things that went around with barclays was like the the focus was on sort of wrong things and you know don't get me wrong it's cool that like leonardo dicaprio took in an islanders game at barclays center like that's cool you know but like you know you don't want it to get to a point where it seems kind of staged a little bit you know and and right. it can easily get to that point i am still a little miffed that we never got sightings of uh patrick stewart or paul bettany who both live in brooklyn <laughs> at an islanders game i wanted an avenger at an islanders game didn't happen maybe it's still time who knows i mean if if rachel brosnahan can can be in an islanders game out of no, nowhere maybe we'll see elizabeth olsen <laughs> in game six. i don't know we'll see but like you know it, there is that whole thing and yeah fallon like i said i it didn't bother me too much 
because I figured it was for a bit on the show. And I was like, All right, well, let's wait to, for that bit to, to happen. But, you know, he, he was sitting next to Ralph Macchio, which is, again, why I thought that, the you know, it was part of a bit. And we were talking before we started when you mentioned Matt LaFleur was there. And I was like, imagine you're Matt LaFleur. You're the head coach of the Green Bay Packers of all teams. Like, you know, it's not just some rando team. This is the Green Bay Packers. You go to this game, they put you on the Jumbotron, and there's no reaction whatsoever. They put Ralph Macchio up on the Jumbotron, and the place goes completely <laughs> bananas. Like, that's the kind of bizarro yeah. world that the Islanders fan lives in, and that we know Macchio. Like, he's our guy. Like, you know, we, we know that guy, and we know he's one of us. And it's cool. Like, we all like Ralph Macchio. And good for him. He's got the show. He's got the Cobra Kai show now, so it's not like he's, you know – sitting around doing infomercials or anything he's been working this whole time and it's great to see him and again he he's like a guy like the uh, what's his name the boardwalk empire guy he, he's there yeah, too vincent piazza yeah vincent piazza yeah he's another guy who's like we right. see him like see him on msg like we we get it. he's one of us but jimmy fallon you're not one of us i'm sorry right he's not and 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 the fact that he was next to macho was really right, what yeah. really what did me in because i was like you can't Look, like the ma- the macho moments are really magical in the Coliseum. Right. Like they really are. Like mm. they they showed him with like three minutes left in the game yesterday, right after that mm. long shift by the fourth line. And right. you go from from the adrenaline rush of watching those guys just deck Eric Chernak and keep <laughs> digging after pucks, and then all of a sudden whistle blows, and then they show Ralph Macho. And what else mm. are you gonna do but scream your heart out? Like right. if they showed him yesterday and Jimmy Fallon was on the screen too. I was going to find him. I was go <laughs> I I don't, I don't care what where I would have ended the night. I would probably be in like East Meadow at the prison or something, but <laughs> I was going to. Like I was just yeah. like, I, I, it was my duty and I probably wasn't alone. Like I wasn't yeah. alone thinking that because mm-hmm. it's it's just not not the time nor place and like this the the the, the, the Islanders have done such a better job of realizing that. Mm over the years and then all of a sudden yeah like here we are in the stanley cup playoff semifinals and <laughs> we're kind of gearing re, you know veering back into that road and there's nobody in our fan base no not maybe not a single person that uh, you know appreciated that that jimmy fallon was there like nobody yeah. was like happy that, 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 that. Right. like when which is it, it was almost like those black jerseys that they made that one time. And I was like, well, why did we do that? Like, there's nobody right. gonna, you know, so, you know, there's something you know, very suspicious about it, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like, we and we we've we've just earned our trust back. It took you right. three years of like almost un unprecedented uh, success, <laughs> barring the dynasty, to earn our trust back. Yeah. And here we here just don't you know you don't want to chip away at that through little things and hmm. that goes to the the thing the fiasco with the tickets um yeah like so they you get an email as a senior ticket holder hey like your pre-sale starts on monday uh and then the email saying you know it's, we got to postpone it till tuesday and then obviously a lot of people you know like what happens like on tuesday everyone's online waiting and the, the system crashes or whatever and they just like send out a tweet saying like very very nondescript like we got to pause it for tomorrow. Like, thank you for overwhelming support and just leaving it like that meant, you know, I was freaking out. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get my tickets or whatever. And, and, and I don't think people realize like when you're buying season tickets, to the Islanders, uh, you know, for as long as everyone's done it, you know, whether you've done it since 72 or 2006 or 2019, whatever it's been, you're doing it for one reason. It's because this team means so much to you that you're willing to bet, the thousands of dollars of the season tickets to just make sure that if this, if, if the stars align and the Islanders go on some magical run, you're going to be in the building for it. 
that's why you do it. Like you, you buy the season tickets for that reason. The biggest perk, I wouldn't care if I got nothing else besides <laughs> just the perk of playoff ticket access. That's all I care about. And I, the fact that it, they made it seem uh, with that tweet that like, oh no, there's an, it seemed like there might be a chance that you don't get that uh, mm. was truly like a nightmare. And I think that's actually, you know, the, 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 the two days leading into game three or the day leading into game three, whatever. Um, and then like, like the crap, like it was just like a weird couple of vibe. There's was a weird vibe around the whole game um, because yeah. I, th- and I think part of it, you know, maybe stems from that. And then obviously the Fallon thing, but it was just like, you know, I, I, I do appreciate when the Islanders do remind us that they're still the Islanders with things. <laughs> that was way too, way too important to, to, to do it with. And yeah. Um, and, and one way to remind us that you are the Islanders still is to not show, um, these these celebrities from yeah. other universes on on our screen <laughs> i mean because you don't you don't need to you can yeah. show us you can show us yeah like you said vincent piazza and mm. uh nikolai kuleman and ralph macchio trevor gillies has been at games like you can sh- yeah. just show those guys and the crowd will give you the response that you want yeah um, um, and and if you want to take a picture of kevin love in the coliseum and like post it on instagram or whatever then go do it yeah. that way because yeah. uh, i don't need to see the jumbotron as the <laughs> islanders are losing or you know about to blow a three nothing lead in the final four (laughs) yeah um nobody's ever going to get a bigger pop at at the islanders games like uh an islander like an ex-islander like that's always going to be and again it gets back to this sort of like it's us you know there is one story though i remember this is many 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 years ago when after i was an intern there but i I was sitting at a game i forget who it was it was a midweek game the crowd was like very sparse. I mean, you could pick out little pockets of people everywhere. And uh, Mick Foley was there. I've been watching a lot of WWF documentaries recently. And, and I've been wondering where Mick Foley is, if he's going to come back to the Coliseum in a game. Anyway, he was there with his two kids who were really little at the time. They're like adults now, basically. And of course, you know, the, the crowd was dead. It was a terrible game. They put Mick Foley on the screen, put him up there. He waves to the crowd. The place goes banana. It was the hands down the biggest crowd reaction in the entire game. Uh, and I think at some point the Islanders were down five nothing, and then McFoley and his kids all left. Like, because you could see, like, there were so few people in the stands, you could actually see Mick. Oh, like there he is, he's right over there. And then he just got up and left. It's like, all right, Mick. Well, I'll see you later. Like, I couldn't blame the guy for leaving. His kids are probably tired, and like, daddy, they're like, get this kid out of here, you know. So I love that it. was, yeah, that yeah, was. That's I mean, it's a because it's a great it's a it's a great fan base that will like yeah. ap- appreciate the right people that belong right. there. And um, yeah, I think you yeah. know. If it's just, I would, mm. I would fight through people to get a picture with Nikolai Kuhlman, and I would, <laughs> I, one of those, if one of those people happened to be Jimmy Fallon, like I'd shove him down the oh, stairs. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, you know, what what this this group is. If you if you, mm. you know, think if you just do one thing for us, or mm. show, or if you even just wear the jersey of the, the Islanders, right. like like yeah. one game, like you're gonna, we love you because there's you kind of at least at least understand a little bit of of uh you know what what we've gone through and who we are and um it's i i just i mean look it's at this point like i think we we know that john ledecky is um into this kind of stuff and if it's just like a an annoying kind of symptom of of success like whatever um, uh you just you just live with it but i was gonna say um you know, the thing is, like, uh, this is only going to get worse when they move into UBS because yes, then you're going to exactly. see lots and lots of celebrities right. coming in uh, to, to get their their FaceTime in there. Um, I'm just thinking about it now. I, I think Kevin Love is probably the, the second weirdest celebrity. I think if I had to rank the weirdest celebrities, <laughs> it's, two of them are from this year. Definitely 
again, Rachel Brosnahan, Emmy winner, great actress. Why is she in Islanders game? I don't know. I mean, that's cool. She's there, but that's a weird one. Kevin Love right below her. The weirdest one is always going to be uh, Jax Taylor. Uh, if anybody out there is like a Bravo holic, you watch those Real Housewives Vanderpump Rules shows. Jax Taylor was at a game at Barclays Center. I don't know if they put him on the jumbotron, but he he Instagrammed. He was at the game and he like thanked John. Like now he's a he's a legit hockey fan. He's from Michigan. Big Red Wings fan, so he's taking in the game. And I just, when me and our, our friend Michael Wilhoft, who is no longer on Twitter, were just like beside ourselves, like, how the hell did this guy get to this guy? <laughs> that was a very strange uh, c- celebrity pull there. But uh, he'll always be the strangest because he's kind of a minor reality show celebrity or whatever. But yeah, once they move into UBS, it's it's going to get any uh, worse. But uh, last two things I would just want to say, A, if the person booking these celebrities is listening to this, please get Mick Foley at a game. Because he's, I mean, that guy's <laughs> Long Island royalty. I mean, come on, fly him up from I mean, wherever it, he lives. We should, they just consult <laughs> us. Like we'd be like, Seriously, you know, yeah. just say like, hey, like we, you know, should we, you know, should we book this person? You know, if, if, if they asked any Islander fan, like, hey, mm. should we get Jimmy Fallon to the game? No. You know, yeah, no. You know, of course not. Like, but then like you'd be like, all right, what about Susan Lucci? Yeah, yes. what? Of course. <laughs> like, why would you bring Susan Lucci? Susan Lucci was at the game. Was, yeah, exactly. But like that's the thing. It's like there's uh, we we know we know the ones that like right. should that it will add to the experience of yeah. whatever. Because there is there is some fun in being like, you know, they do like the big reveal of like, hey, like who is this guy or whatever. Yeah. Um but when it's yeah, when it's Kevin Love, yeah. uh, it doesn't it just doesn't hit quite as hard as when it's yeah. Susan Lucci, yeah, or or uh, you know, well, or, you you know got, of course Macchio, like yeah. Oh, I mean, you got Long Island people. I mean, it yeah. doesn't help that Jimmy Fallon's from Boston, so obviously yeah, and he's like, a like he's a Ranger season ticket holder. I mean, yeah, like so. my friend said it. He's just like he's he's like a, a always at Yankee games, but he's the guy that made Fever Pitch. So like yeah. he just goes to show you what kind of like sports. Kind carpet of bagger. Car- yeah, yeah carpet bag you're bringing in you don't want that karma <laughs> right. in a place like that yeah, uh is basically built on on, on karma and that's what coliseum yeah. um yeah it's uh i i do uh, i did see a great picture though of, of an amazing fan of just some kid just laying in the middle of the aisle between yes. I think 231 and 232 just eating popcorn off the floor and the tweet with it was great um mm. like i mean those those are the type of people we want to see more of we don't want to yes. see we don't want to see you know you know, Jimmy Fallon or Kevin Lover, the, the head coach <laughs> yes. of the, the Packers. Right. Um, um, well, and, and staying on the football football side of things, uh, if you want to hear stories from a real Islanders fan, he's a newish Islanders fan, but he's a real one for sure. Uh, the latest episode of Talking Isles over at the Islanders site uh, has an interview with Damian Woody, uh, former New York Jet, former New England Patriot. We won't hold that against him. Uh, but a guy who became an Islanders fan over the last couple of years, like legit Islanders fan. He was, you know, tweeting about the Knicks and Yankees or whoever losing. And he's like, New York sports having a bad year. And somebody's like, yeah, you should really check out these Islanders. They're pretty good. And from that moment on, he's been hooked. So if you want to hear about a real celebrity Islanders fan yeah. and the story, Damien Woody seems like a good one. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, and uh, that's over at the Islanders site. It's talking Isles. Uh, okay. Well, I think we covered everything. I mean, we don't, I think we're both really dancing around the subject of game five because we don't want to yeah, tempt any fate yeah. or anything like that. Um, I, I'm, but, I'm happy they're doing a, a viewing party or watch party yes. at the Coliseum, which is good. Like, it's just, I, I, I think Laura Curran, um, said something, which I think actually deserves a little bit of credit, which was, she was like, she's like a lot more goes into it than just being like, Hey, we can set up, uh, <laughs> you know, this at the NASA Coliseum. Like there, I guess there's, you know, deals I got to make with NBC or whoever. And, um, I didn't know ever realize that or think about it, but it's cool. Like you just, you know, it's, it's good that, that they'll set it up. Cause one thing, like, um, I will say, like, I would always get jealous of like, 
uh, yeah. the crowds at like Maple Leaf Square or whatever. For they for showed one. Um, like they showed people at Amelie Arena yesterday while yes, they were, yeah. you know. So, but so, yeah, that is that is pretty cool. So if you go in there, have fun. Uh, you know, it's gonna. I can imagine yeah. there's gonna be lots of people tailgating they, a viewing now, party. If they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if they bring celebrity fans out for for a okay. viewing part, you know, where a game wow. is it actually going on? It'll be like you know the the lady who founded Snapple or something. It was on the <laughs> best week ever or whatever the show that show was on VH1. Yeah, yeah. don't don't bring Mick Foley to the watch party. Bring yeah, Mick yeah. Foley to Game Six. Obviously, yeah. don't do, yeah. show the man some more respect than that. But anyway, but uh, yeah, it's, it should be a good time. And I mean, you know, I'll be sitting at home. On the edge of my seat, on the edge of my couch, <laughs> watching uh, Game Five uh, on NBC. One thing we will have going for us: our own man Brendan Burke will be on the scene uh, with the call. So, uh, uh, we'll, uh, Kenny Albert's great, but you know we'll get our guy back. So, Kenny, Kenny Albert so, loves to remind everybody that Ross Colton is a New Jersey native. Every, <laughs> every time he touches the puck, but he's been good. I actually, like I'm, I've been at bunch yeah. of, like I thought Kenny Albert. This 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 crew actually has been all right. Uh, it's been all right. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. It's been yeah. better than. Yeah, I, I still don't like Brian Boucher, but mm. uh, and Edzo is can get annoying. But I, yeah. I guess you know what it is. It's just what 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 transpired with Polak just kind of yeah. you know what I'm like. All right, like they were the guys that called that, so they're yeah. all right in my book now. My, my favorite thing about Kenny Albert, aside from his read of the fa- uh, next uh, Fast and Furious movie that we talked about last week, is that he is he is catchphrase free. So if you watch Kenny Albert game and then you watch the John Forslund game, which is going on right now. Forsland is like, you know, 85% catchphrases yeah, about is. this guy Every, says no, and this is a winder, and this is first that's goal, hockey baby. The first and goal is always first and blood. The, and The Canadians you know. are off and running. Yeah, yeah. Dude, all right, come on. Just tell me what's going on, please. <laughs> just stop. But anyway, but we'll, uh, you know. But yeah, so Brendan will be back, and, you know, if things go sideways, he's never going to hear the end of it. So uh, hopefully yeah, <laughs> for sure. his sake, uh, things things go pretty well. But, uh, yeah, obviously that's what we're hoping for. Uh, so read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, it's been a great crew. Been pretty lively there the last couple of days, obviously. Everybody's in good spirits, and uh, we've had a lot of fun. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at the Action Network, and you're doing like tons of fantasy stuff on NHL.com now, right? Because you guys have the Action Network and NHL. Yeah, NHL yeah, have, like, we, yeah, we created a, a thing partnership, so it's um, yeah, like a kind of uh, you know, like these game game previews, uh, kind mm. of using the odds as the kind of context of the preview. Why, why, hey, you know, the Islanders have been sixteen, you know, underdogs sixteen games in a row in the playoffs, and but they win. Why, why is it like that? Um, kind of just catching you know trying to show people kind of how the cake is baked in, the, in that kind of way um <laughs> you know it's not like you know picks or anything but it's been good those guys are great um pete jensen uh rob reese i go on their show a little bit and uh they're they're both really fun you know it's a good um i, I like it's a good podcast to listen to for for people like us who listen to shows their fantasy on ice because it's it's more of a it's they, they touch on every part of the league and um you know it's not 35 minutes of talking about, you know, Jason Spezza's WHL career <laughs> before you get into like the, the 12, 12 seconds of news. Uh, right. It's, 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 mm, it's wow. better than that. So, uh, yeah, I know. I know exactly this podcast you're talking <laughs> about, but, uh, but yeah. So if you, if you follow the NHL, you know, on social media and I'm sure you do, you, you'll see these things come across and you'll be like, is that Mike? That is Mike. So we, we our, our reach is extending everywhere, mostly through you, but, uh, <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. So, uh, yeah, and uh, we'll we'll try and be back this week. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe we can do the same thing we did last week, you know, last series, you know, after game six, we'll we'll get together and we'll talk regardless of, uh, of what happens. And uh, we'll see where the Islanders are, are, are then. 
So, uh, you know, happy Father's Day to everybody. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.